Ron, can you make the opening remarks? I, I just, I'm not in the mood. Neither am I, ever. What's wrong with you? You live for this kind of stuff. I don't have it in me right now. Ron, please, do it for me. Make the speech. Ron, please, please, give the speech, Ron. No. Yes, please, Ron, no. please, please give the speech. Please give the speech. No. Yes, 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 no yes, yes. Please, 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 no. please, 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 yes, yes. All right, damn it, woman. This is the Extra Hot Great Podcast, episode 51 for the week of October 3rd. 2011. I am Canadian clubber David T. Cole, and I'm here with third-person talker Joe Reed. Joe Reed's happy to be here. And hand-smacking nun Tara Ariano. 30 Hail Marys! Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 31 of Extra Hot Great. Uh, before we get into... 51. What'd I say? 31. Episode 51 of Extra Hot Great, 20 Better Than 31. Uh, just a quick programming, two quick programming notes. One, um, another screw up at the very first hour of last week's episode as far as uploading yeah. to the server goes. Apologies if you caught an episode that mysteriously ended after 19 minutes. Not a fault of the new setup, a fault of our host. Yay, passing the buck. <laughs> you mean our host, our, our hosting company, not our host, you. No. Yeah. Um, correct. Mm-hmm. And uh, programming note number two, it is raining here in New York City and our studio is not soundproof. So if you start <laughs> hearing the pitter-patter of raindrops on metal, that is our uh, local weather system moving towards us and dumping on our air conditioner, which is right next to Joe Mike. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't be afraid, everybody. It'll be okay. All right. <laughs> it is almost October as we record this, and the new fall season, bless it, and its many rewards is here upon us, and we're ready to talk more new TV. Yep. And probably the big premiere for us last week was Boardwalk Empire. Yes. Joe, yes. what was your take on season two of Boardwalk Empire? Um, I have conflicting I have conflicting emotions about Boardwalk Empire, and I think a lot of it is because I do recap it. Yeah, and I that, feel like that will curdle your liking you, of a show, even if you love it. If you like, I, I think you have to love it, or else it will really start to turn. Like if you for a show that you like, like I do like this show, and there are mm-hmm. many things about it, but it's just it's a lot of investment for a show where if you only like it and mm-hmm. don't love it. It starts to feel like a chore, and then on top of that, like like homework, and it well, yeah, and, and then now, it literally and is. because it's an actual <laughs> job for me. It's yeah. like it's sort of compounded. Mm-hmm. Um, I was happy to have it back though. Watching the first episode, I was just like, oh, okay, I'm I'm glad to be back in this environment. Um, I'm finding the stories compelling. I, I like the uh, Nucky versus the Commodore. Seems to me like a stronger story than they had yes. in the first season entirely. And here's the missing element of the first season, perhaps coming towards us, which yeah. is some conflict, some action. Sure, yeah. And we didn't really see that. Like, there's a brewing civil war for this uh, civic war hey? Whoa, hey. for the city. Yeah. And I think that's really going to help season two yeah. uh, um, be better than season one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And um, I think maybe we'll see the wind down of... Uh, What's her face? For to la. Oh, pause. La oh, pause. I don't know if I would. Lucy? I don't know if I How are they going to keep writing her into this show? It seems like this pregnancy thing is the yeah. end of the line for her. Well, but Thrown out by like... Nucky. It's a horrible thing to say you hope somebody dies in childbirth, but she's a <laughs> fictional character. Oh. Yeah. I'm sorry. Before we do this, I just want to, you know, be safe. <laughs> 
Spoilers, banana oil. <laughs> Fun. 23 skidoo. <laughs> Prohibition edition. Spoilers. Note, uh, as we're recording this, the Ken Burns documentary about Prohibition mm. uh, launches tomorrow night. It's just Ooh. like Boardwalk Empire, but extremely slow and boring. <laughs> and instead of moving pictures, it's cameras moving over still pictures and very ponderous. Ken Burns lost me after the Listen, National Parks series. We really tried, though. Yeah. And man, you, that's not that was, a show to watch lying down no. on your couch on a Sunday afternoon because it will put you to sleep. <laughs> that is narrative Ooh. ambient. I I'm, I'm, will watch the Prohibition one, yeah. though. At least that's a more... I mean, I love the National Parks, but the Prohibition feels like a more interesting topic. My favorite uh, thing about topic. that is that it does sound like what your parody of a Ken, what Ken Burns doing a documentary yeah. on now. <laughs> Twelve parts on the National Parks of the United States. Like, one other... Since we're already on this Followed by the history of marbles. <laughs> you remember the the, uh, the faux um, Ken Burns documentary they did on Conan back when he was still on Late Night? No. I'm going to have to link to it in the show notes. It yeah. is. It was so funny and so well done. What was it about? It was just about the life of Conan, as if oh, he I were see. as if he were in the, a civil war. Conan loves old timey talk as he well. He really does. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Montgomery Burns is like Conan's probably favorite character to write for it. Man, yeah. he's yeah. on the Simpsons. Anyway, well, like anyway, yeah, yeah. Boardwalk Empire. Sorry, everybody. Yeah, Tara, what, what was uh, where you know, are you, Ray? Boardwalk Empire. It's funny because I think I'm closer to the Joe Reed end of this spectrum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This the the sh- the show took a long time to get its hooks in me in season one, and I think we discussed this at the time that it let, there were several HBO shows that we gave a shot to, and then we didn't really get it or like it at first, and then we heard that it got awesome and had yeah. to go back and rewatch it. Happened yeah. with Deadwood. Happened with Rome. Mm-hmm. So this one, and also with John from Cincinnati, we were like, maybe we just haven't gotten to that point yet. That point never came. The HBO doubt. Yes. A cl- black cloud over you. <laughs> Might not Smart enough for More HBO like, anymore? It's like HBO <laughs> faith. It's like the yeah. the the, the yeah. religion of HBO. So this one, I mean, I'm sure they're sending something really profound and hung. I'm just not getting it. <laughs> That one I did finally bail on. But um, Boardwalk Empire did have one episode in season one where it was like, it, it totally hooked me and then I was in for the rest of the season. And, and you know, it's funny, we're only talking about this six days after it aired. Practically everything about this episode has already fallen out of my head. Except for the Commodore. Oh, the Commodore. Stabbing the air with his giant medieval spear. Yeah. As, as you do. As you do. As you do of a Saturday afternoon. And can I say, I, uh, I've seen episode two. Yeah. If you're a Commodore fan, episode two is for you. Nice. Mm. There's some really good Commodore All stuff All right. In there. That's good to know. Yeah. I mean, I'm still in for now. Like, yeah. there's there's so few shows that both Dave and I watch that I can't really bail on any of the ones that Dave is still invested in. Yeah. Or we would literally never see each other. Yeah. I, I, I enjoy it much more than you two, I think. I have learned to accept and embrace the HBO slow burn mm-hmm. for those reasons. Yeah. Because of Deadwood, which is my favorite show of all time, yeah. that I like was two episodes in the first run. I'm like, I don't think I can do it mm-hmm. and then i revisit it i'm like what this is great yeah. this is the yeah. best thing ever i love it um and this i don't think it's the caliber of of deadwood no i will say i enjoyed this more than sopranos i was never really on board mm-hmm. of sopranos i really enjoyed the setting of it yeah i think yes. sometimes they fumble the ball on they overreach on some of the effects works in the stage i will say episode one didn't really have any fakey boardwalk yes obvious you know sure. effect shots which i hope they tone that down and yeah. be less ambitious with their budget or whatever went on the first sure. season. Yeah. Um, but I am, as we said earlier, really looking forward to where they're going with sort of the brewing civic civil war. I think that's really going to help it yeah. in season two. And I really do enjoy sort of the out of left field characters in this show. A lot of people sort of grouse about them. I think like, I know Joe, you're not a fan of, 
of FBI agent Van Alden. Right. Well, I was going to say, when you mentioned Deadwood, and I think I may have mentioned this when we talked about it uh, last season, is the great thing about Deadwood is that it had like 30 characters and like from 1 to 30, they were all interesting. Yes. And I feel like there are I, so many Boardwalk Empire characters that I don't care about yeah. or yes. that I think are poorly characterized. Like Eli, I think, is so terribly one note. Yeah. Van Alden, I think, is super one note. Uh, Jimmy's wife. Oh, uh, God, yeah. Jimmy. Even, J- well, Jimmy, I think, has his moments. I just hate Michael Pitt. Um, and then even, like, Gretchen Maul's character, who I started off really, really liking, has really settled into this... Oh, you don't... Li- you no, like no, I just remembered it. I just remembered it. what a creep show she was in the, in the premiere right. of the season. Yeah. But I just feel like she's kind of devolving into that, into sort of, yeah. like, creepy, like... Remind, remind the good Lady people Macbeth. on the podcast what was the creepy moment oh, with Gretchen God. Maul this episode. Okay, so she's she's now living... Jimmy has bought a house for himself. He he finally married this, the mother of his son. And so they're all living in this house with his mom. Um, and so there's a moment where Jimmy wants to take the kid shooting and he's like four. Yeah. And then she, you know, the mom says no. And then the grandma's like, no, I used my, Jimmy used to do that all the time when he was a kid. And then Angela has to take her to the back and be like, you can't really undermine me in front of a kid like that. That's not cool. And then she basically defends herself and finally says when Jimmy was a kid, she used to, uh, Kiss him. Kiss his winkies. Kiss his, kiss his little winkies. Kiss his winkies. Like a so, little winkies. And then even, we tented our fingers and did that little <laughs> uncomfortable thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's the point where you ask your mother-in-law to move out, maybe. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I take your point, Joe, that this, the, the character list isn't as strong as something Deadwood. There's I would no, say like, Deadwood Richard had its characters, Sims, though. You know I think, I mean? like, Joni was a weak one-note character. Yeah. I think Ty Oliver was sort of, they never really figured out what to do with him. He was yeah. so great, though. He was a, Powers he, Booth, yeah. He, he had a, a great presence, but I think yeah. his character, they sort of, he just sort of meandered through this the yeah. scenes. Yeah, and I think sure. that about Gretchen Maul, too, in this yeah. character, that she, if it were a lesser actress, I would I would be less engaged, but I think she's doing what she can. I like her. With, I like what she's doing with it. I question, I feel like I have less faith in that characterization now that I've seen with some of the other characters and sort of how one note mm-hmm. a lot of the other characters are. Yeah. Do you think the uh, the upcoming, I presume, civil war that's going on will give the writers an opportunity to cut clean, some clean characters? House. Yeah, and, and, that'd be nice. Yeah. They better not lose Arnold Rothstein. I was sad not to see him in the and in it, the premiere. Yeah, he's I in like him a lot. Too. Is he yeah. the serious man guy? The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael he's Stuhlberg. the mob boss from yes. New, York. New York. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, and of course, uh, this this episode we had a lot more um, Omar. Yeah, chalky, chalky. chalky. I can't just I, I I can't help but always call him Omar no matter what he's in. I apologize, but it's just sort of it's my brain has been wired that way. Wired, get it? Yeah, I do. Thank you. I didn't when I said it, but now See? I do. <laughs> Bringing it all together. Uh, I like Chalky. Chalky, I feel like he's another one that could sort of go either way, but I feel like this season. They're really bringing a lot of interesting elements to it. Where we got to see him at home, and we got to see his wife and that poor doomed child of theirs. I, that's what I was just about to say. As oh. soon as you you meet his kid, you're like, "Well, that kid's not going to Morehouse. He no, is going he is to not. Get killed." Yeah, I feel like the chalky oh. character we haven't seen his fullness yet. You know, yes. like I yeah. feel like he's simmering yeah. at sixty percent, and something's yeah. going to happen. And I feel like that season premiere kind of promised that, like, okay, this season you're going to really see him in full bloom, which is. Yeah. Yeah, which will be great. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the season. I, like I said, I kind of I dig period pieces, yeah. and I think the cast is big enough and perhaps too big. As I will, I'm on board with that, and yeah. I think maybe this season will be the season where they tighten up. 
the cast and the relationships between some of these characters. Yeah. And I think uh, points for obviously bumping up the Commodore's role yeah. in this. And I really like the way that they're setting up this whole Well, they're at least war. expanding it by one character because at that funeral scene you saw... Uh, Uncle Junior from The Sopranos right. in those weird like mutton chop Martin Van Buren looking mm-hmm. facial hair th- thing. Didn't I read that Julianne Nicholson is going to be on this year too oh, as maybe. a DA? She's an ADA or something that's based on a real person. Oh, maybe. I believe I read that. All right. Let's talk about our favorite characters from the show very quickly. Let's do a... Count, uh, counting up. Yeah. Let's okay. do a round robin. Let's see. Third favorite character. Tara. Uh, the Commodore. Yep. Just because he's sure. called the Commodore. Yep. That's I don't really uh, I'm not really invested in, in him in any other way, but he has a nice house with a grizzly bear. Yep. And everyone calls him the Commodore. I so. feel like Dabney Coleman is having a ball with that character. Oh, too. yeah. He's like, great. Yeah. Yeah. The Commodore is is uh, Boardwalk Empire's um, Hearst, right? Sort of. Yes. Yeah. Oh, sure. and, I, and in my Except mind, Hearst I always get them so mixed terrible up. on Deadwood that I feel like this is sort of doing. Oh, Hearst I, right. I kind of liked her. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, I could. Uh, yeah. I did not like that. Um, Joe. Number three, bronze. Uh, number three, uh, Richard Halfface Harrow. Uh, uh, Halfsey. Yeah, uh, he's really. I. I. I think semi pro. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what we called him last year? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I really like. I don't know. I think Jack Houston's giving a really good performance there. I think they make him really sympathetic without mm-hmm. being like pathetic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's a really nice fine line they draw. Number three for me, um, Joe. Clog your ears, <laughs> FBI agent Van Alden. I really enjoy this sort of. It's something I don't see on TV that much, and I kind of enjoy his stoic performance. And I kind of enjoy, yeah, he's sort of one notey. Um, I wonder if that's going to change now. Like we're we're seeing, well we're seeing like he does have sort of that you know off at home on at work rage thing going on, where yeah. it bottles it up in one environment and lets loose in the other. And uh, yes, Tara? I was just going to add that I, I particularly, it, relevant to my interests, was his sitting through the completely nice meal and then going berserker on the restaurant <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because that's an abuse of his power. Yep. I get it. And now his meal's free. Here's what that's I took, just good planning. Here's yeah. what I took away from that scene. His wife declined butterscotch pudding. <laughs> She must not be Canadian. I am so finished with her. I kind of felt bad for her last season. Now she's dead to me. And I will just bring up this possibility as a case for my third pick, Joe. Sure. Consider that he just might take our least favorite character on a trip Ah. down by the river, if you know what I mean. God, I I hope that's true. Baptize her? Not shopping. In the silver slot, Tara. Margaret. Mm -hmm. Um, I talked about this when we talked about it last season with with Adam, that I kind of... uh, I, I, I appreciate and continue to appreciate that the writers are giving the character enough credit to sort of bring out her pragmatic side without making her seem like a monster. Like, she's making the best of a bad situation. She's obviously not happy, but it's clear she would be less happy in other circumstances. And yeah. um, and I just think Kelly McDonald is such a great performer. I enjoy I, her character much more than I enjoyed... Mrs. Soprano and the Sopranos. Yeah. Carmella. Uh, you know, they're in the same situation yes. where they're not yeah. part of right. the business, but obviously they know but full well what they got into. But she knows what's going on. Yeah. And I find her... her. Well, there's that, there's that HBO wife slash female lead yeah. type mm-hmm. where they, they don't have real power, so they rely on sort of duplicity mm-hmm. and craftiness yeah. and, uh, I don't know, kind of like scheminess. Yeah. But there's enough... They give Margaret enough of a... Of uh, headstrongness and, uh, and earnestness. Free will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I like the capable. way. She's capable. 
Yes. And she's and she obviously like she comes from, you know, this is a terrible way to say it. But at the time, they would have said she comes from quality people. Mm -hmm. She's trying to be a, you know, a decent, upstanding member of the community in as much as that's possible. And that's why it was so great to me when she went to the school to uh, give the nun shit. sister Kathy Geist and um, oh god I didn't even notice that yeah and uh, and then had to turned around on her like no he's trying to burn the school down and she's like oh shit gotta go so yeah she's she's got some stuff to work on this season Joe uh, my number two is uh, right now currently Arnold Rothstein, uh, who I really, really love. But I'm leaving enough room that it, he could be replaced in my heart by Meyer Lansky because I'm kind of uh, intrigued by what that character is. And, that, little, and that, that character is? Lansky's the little pipsqueaky oh, right. Rob guy who yeah. is now partnered with Lucky Luciano. I'm terrible with character names. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, I'm, really um, I'm intrigued by him. We haven't seen enough of him yeah. to have him be a favorite. But right now, like I, Michael Stuhlbarg does such He's a good amazing. job with that character. Doesn't really get a whole lot of screen time, but really makes account yeah yeah i really like him uh number two for me the commodore and i'll just leave it at this i want your room i want your life except for the part where the maid tries to poison you (laughs) number one there's trade-offs in every position dave number one is nucky i have a long history Mm -hmm. of loving the most ruthless character in a Mm -hmm. show Uh Um, that is true and nucky is the gus fring of uh, of boardwalk empire (laughs) so he has to be my number one and the scene in this in this episode where it cuts from him speaking to the black church slam cut to him yeah. him turning it around the same speech to the in whatever you know city hall it was yeah that's nucky in a nutshell he's not a good person but he gets shit done and i always <laughs> appreciate that oh i also loved um ban on lost that's the character oh, sure. that i love who's like yeah. uncompromising evil yeah that's always going to be my favorite guy or girl <laughs> joe uh, my Coming in on one, the number one, yeah. My number one is Margaret. Uh, oh. I really, really, every all of her storylines are always my, the ones I'm most interested in. I really like, especially this season, they're underlining it, that, that Nucky talks to her. Like, mm-hmm. Nucky does not keep his business from her. And you really, I mean, not to be the guy who keeps saying, I've seen episode two. But in episode <laughs> two, you really, like, it really uh, flowers in that episode. Yeah. And she's got really interesting layers and everything that you said about how she's... Uh, She's got her own free will, and yeah, yeah. I, like I mean, she she started out as the the first thing we saw her in was you know in the women's temperance union, you yeah. Know? So she yes. she has a social awareness, yeah. But she's also compromised, which yeah. to me makes her really and, interesting and, to watch. And Kelly McDonald just knocks she's it out, gorgeous. She's great. My number one and fist bump to our good friend Adam Sternberg is semi pro the sniper <laughs> with half a face. Although I will say this. I'm hoping this troubling, I can have a normal family life scrapbooking stuff that happened in this episode. Hey, some people just like to scrapbook. Uh, doesn't kind of him end with him like fucking the family section of the Sears <laughs> 1922 Sears catalog or something weird like that in the bathroom while he's crying. I don't know. It just seems that was a bit much. That was my least favorite part of this episode was the the a little on point yeah, here's we, a visual we, aid to my. We probably mind. got enough of it when he was sitting at the breakfast table yes. and he couldn't not eat. eating. Like, yeah, that like that was I thought a lot more effective. Yeah, I agree. Not to be Mark Blankenship about it, not being able to narrow my list down to the proper number, but I have two <laughs> honorable mentions. Okay, one is um, Babette, played by Tracy Middendorf, oh, sure. who has no lines but is so beautiful I know, in those I want period them to costumes. Give her something to do. She's gorgeous. And uh, the second is um, Nucky's uh, manservant, the oh, German yeah. guy Kessler. Kessler. He's yeah, like yeah, yeah. the... Uh, Love him. He is like the telegraph guy from Deadwood, I find. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah. I was thinking of him. Yeah. I like I like his courtliness. He's very yeah. elegant and uh, he's very good at his job. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to some quick 
hits on some other shows of the new season. Joe, you have seen, at the time of taping has not yet aired, but you have seen Homeland, which I think is getting the biggest buzz of the year. Yeah, Homeland is uh, really good. I should definitely, it's on uh, Showtime, Sunday nights. It's, I was dubious when I saw the trailer because I thought Claire Danes might be overmatched by this. She plays a CIA agent who is uh, tipped onto the idea that this uh, prisoner of war who's been freed, played by Damian Lewis, is actually a turned uh, terrorist agent, that he's now a sleeper agent for uh, Al-Qaeda, essentially. Mm. And she's really good. It's a really complicated character, a lot more complicated than even it seems in the in the ads for it. Yeah. And it's by some of the people who did 24, and it has kind of that 24 urgency, but not that 24 ridiculousness. <laughs> yeah. Does it have At the 24 so reactionary conservative politics uh not as of yet but i feel like it's not tipping the hand either way okay that's good that's good um i always have my guard up when i have when i see the people from 24 involved but it's not joel cerno so maybe that's where it was coming from yeah he's the craziest one um and mandy patinkin who i'm not always a fan of i'm liking so far he reminds me a little bit of uh characters you would have seen in rubicon last year not quite uh Arliss Howard, but kind of what Saul Rubin I was going to ask, is it like a political thriller type of show, or yeah. is it it's like a, an investigative? Well, it's sort of, it's three things. It's a coming home, soldier coming home okay. drama, which is maybe going to be my least favorite part of it. It's a soldier uncomfortable with being made, a, made a symbol. <laughs> Just like Jenna Maroney. <laughs> well, I hate theater truth. There's a Walking Dead style <laughs> triangle where like he's been missing for eight years, oh, and now okay. his wife has moved okay. on, yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah, that yeah. I'm not Got interested. It. Yep. But and then he's being made this like symbol by the government, and that right. will be a layer of it. And then it's this espionage thriller, right? With Claire Danes at the center. That which sounds is, great. Yeah, it's very interesting. I have to be on board with this because uh, Mandy Patinkin goes to my gym, and I'm going to be recapping it on uh, for Vulture. So nice, nice. read it, y'all. Hooray! Excellent. And Tara, Revenge. Here's well, we a show that you were talking about earlier in our podcast. That's yeah, one that it. you were looking forward to. Now that you've seen it. It's so good. Excellent. It's, yeah. um, I, I also watched the first two episodes of Ringer and then thought, that's enough of Ringer probably. That's what it, I said it, too. It, it did not hook me. And the, it, and Re- it and Revenge overlapped enough that I was like, I only need one. Right. And Revenge is clearly the choice. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, as it's, a, as a, sorry, are we talking guilty pleasures? Uh, there's no such thing as a guilty pleasure. I I'll just of, say that. But yeah. it's it's camp. It's very campy yes. and over the top and ridiculous. Right. Okay. It's in the dynasty mold. We're talking about the same thing. It's, a, it's, a, it's a trashy soap. Yes. Um, yeah. But it's set in the Hamptons. People have cute outfits. There's lots of scheming. Everyone's rich. They and don't they have any whiny problems. About, yeah. and, they, and they know what they're doing. I mean, you said this when we talked about it a few weeks ago when John was on. That they everyone involved knows what it is. Yeah, they're not. No, no one thinks that they're making high art. And Emily Van Camp is pulling this girl off, and it's not anything like she's ever done before. No, like, it's not. And Madeline Stowe's amazing. And oh, I was gosh, worried. She's so good. I was worried that it was all that it all got thrown into the pilot, and that it was gonna like maybe falter or show yep. signs of cracking in the second episode. But mm-hmm. the second episode is just as compelling and just as uh, sort of straightforwardly soapy. Yep. And I mean, she's checking off, she's crossing off a face off of that photo every yep. week. So it's like, I love it. It's really good. There's nothing not to like. Yeah. And it's, and it's loosely based on the County Monte Cristo, which is, which also, I love that. Which is hilarious. Yeah. It's like, like how 10 things I hate about you is based on Taming of the Shrew. Exactly. It's like that. Exactly. So it's, it's that in a TV show form. Nothing, 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 nothing about that. that is bad. Yeah. Very happy for you both. Yes. Thanks Dave. Uh, Pan Am. Pan Am, okay, I started to watch the Playboy Club and stopped. Yes. I didn't get through the pilot. That was a wise choice. And Pan Am, I was like, eh, it's probably going to be basically the same. It was fun. It's it it's is. dumb, too. It's but well it's a, done. 
but it's well done. It looks expensive. The uh, the Frenchie girl, wow, does she ever look like Ellie Kemper? Ooh, yeah, I didn't. Even it was think just of that, like distractingly true. so. Yeah, but the girls all have their own thing, and like there's this, you know, there's the storyline that, that was brought up in the pilot of like of Bridget, who obviously is involved in some kind of spy thing. that's very right. mysterious, and yeah. has she left the man she really loves, or did she ever love him? And yeah, you know, it, it's I'm sure most of it is claptrap. I don't claim to be an expert in aviation history. Yeah, but um, there's a lot of like political stuff going through it, and and fun, you know. Yeah, I watched sort of business too. I've watched the pilot probably by now like four times throughout wow. the summer. Well, because it's sort of like it was floating around work and sure. like uh, each time I watched it again, I was like, I respect this show. Mm-hmm. I want to be compelled by the show and I'm just not and I don't know whether I'm going to keep going with it. Yeah. Uh, I really like Kelly Garner and she's the one. Yeah, she's uh, cute. Her, her storyline is going to be the interesting one, the spy yep. storyline. Mm-hmm. And I like Christina Ricci a lot. Um, and it's a handsome show and it's a well done show and anybody who gets into it, I'm not going to be surprised. Right. I don't know if that's me. I enjoyed the ridiculousness of them having a screaming fight on the runway as they're trying to flee Cuba. Yes. To flee the Bay of Pigs about yeah. who invaded whose country. Like, like, right. is now the time? Yeah. Just get on the plane and shut up. Yeah. But I like that uh, Christina Ricci's character gets to be, like, the the liberal firebrand yes. person who then has to, like, button up and be, like, yeah. serving people coffee on Does the Does it deserve the sort of Mad Men light yes. criticisms is, or, yeah, I mean, or it's comparisons, not like, rather, that it's been getting? It's not interesting in the way that Mad yes. Men is, but right. it's, it's you know... But it's a reaction to Mad Men's success, It's like the 100-calorie pack of Mad Men. Okay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> okay. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And, it'll and it'll tide you Mad over. Mad Men Thin Crisps? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not on the docket, but have you guys seen Playboy Club? Yeah. No, and I started... as terrible as I've been hearing? I, di- I didn't not... get halfway through the pilot. Yeah, I didn't think it was awful. I thought Laura Benanti was very good. I thought everybody else was kind of bland. Yeah. And then Amber Heard was terrible, as she always is, so... There's a movement afoot to to get that show canceled so that Laura Benanti can be on Smash, so... That is the best idea I've heard yet. <laughs> so, so everyone, let's all hope for that to happen. Yes. Or they can consolidate, maybe. Maybe it could be, like, the move <laughs> Playboy Club to Pan Am, call it, like, the... Mile High Club or something right. like that. Oh yeah, I screwed up last week with uh, the oh sh- the Sean Mar thing. The Sean Mar thing. Who he's not on Pan Am. That was he's my on, fault. I he's put on shit. the Playboy Club, <laughs> but I stand by the joke because it was a good joke. It was a good joke. It was a nice piece of business. All right, moving on. Heart of Dixie. Okay, I was tweeting about this and I got in trouble from Joe. Uh, yeah. The, the problem with Heart, Heart of Dixie is is the new show um, with Rachel Bilson where she mysteriously inherits a medical practice in tiny some tiny made up town in the Gulf coast of Alabama. Right. The problem with the show for me, and the reason that I wasn't sure I was going to get through the pilot is that she is so miscast. She's supposed to be like a brittle driving men away doctor from New York. She should be like a Kat Dennings, um, Liza Weil, Lizzie Kaplan type. Sure. So Rachel Bilson is, and she's not believable as a doctor. And as I said on Twitter, and this is where we're going to get into it. Yes. <laughs> she seems dumb. She seems like a dumb actor. And this is the same problem I have with Elizabeth Olsen as, or Elizabeth Moss as Peggy. She's supposed to be playing a, a smart character. She doesn't really pull it off. I don't think I objected so much to dumb. I, f- I feel like that's, I'm neutral on that. It was the not likable. I didn't say she wasn't likable. No, um, I said she was dumb and couldn't act. Okay, that's what. <laughs> she's. Okay. I read her column in in uh, in style. She's I'm not saying she's in un- style. Oh yeah. Oh wow. That's maybe here's, part of my okay, prejudice. My too. whole thing. <clears throat> I was more shocked than anything because here's what I thought we had as a culture, <clears throat> not just you and me, but all of us. Yes. That we all agreed that when the OC was on, that we all hated Misha Barton, mm-hmm. but we all loved Rachel Bilson <laughs> and Adam Brody. Yeah. 
And I'm not quite prepared to see that break down into chaos. Joe is a man of his word. I don't he have a problem his, with her. His bond, okay. his word is gold. She's fine, but okay. she's miscast. Right. She, there's another. I read character. that as I hate Rachel Bilson. I don't hate Rachel okay. Bilson. I don't like her in this role. Okay. That said, I won't watch this show, so I have no leg to stand on with her. And Bixie, I thought okay, it looked that, so stupid. That said, <laughs> I did watch the whole pilot and I loved it. By 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 twenty minutes in, I wow. was totally hooked. Okay. It has Jamie. This is the part that Rachel Bilson should have played. Sure. She she likes Scott Porter, who plays like the mysterious. He's a lawyer in town, and they uh-huh. keep crossing paths and stuff. Uh-huh. It seems like they like each other, and then spoiler. Not a spoiler, it already aired. He's already engaged to his high school sweetheart, who's played by Jamie King. Uh, And so they seem like they've sort of like drifted apart and then drifted back together. They don't really necessarily (laughs) like each other that much. If if Rachel Bilson were playing that part, it would be perfect. The bitchy Southern Belle. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. But the that character, whose name is Lemon for some reason, also has a past with the mayor of the town, who's a former basketball star, played by Cress Williams. Cress Williams. Deshaun Hardell. Sure. He was just on Nine or, the Nine or Two No Reruns has reached that I cycle. I know. Yeah. So he and he's great. Um so everyone else in the show is fine. Fine and Tim Matheson is like the the town doctor oh, Tim who's Matheson's always great. fighting with Rachel Bilson over the practice. Yeah. It's it's there's a lot going on but it works other yeah. than her, but she even everything else is so successful, I can hang with her anyway. All right. So Heart of Dixie, the comeback con- story condition- of the year. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Suburgatory. Um what's interesting is we're going to get this to this in the canon. But of our t- two of our favorite new sitcoms of the season, Up All Night and Suburgatory, are both were both created by former Parks and Recreation writers. Mm-hmm. Ah. I noticed Emily Spivey on Up All Night and Emily Kapneck on Suburgatory. Nice. Um, I thought it was really charming. I read a I read criticism on Twitter that Jeremy Sisto was acting as though he was possibly a love interest for the daughter, which I didn't oh, think I didn't about until until afterwards. And I was uh-huh. like, okay, yeah, they might oh, need to no. fine tune that a little bit. I yeah. can sort of see it, but it was funny. Cheryl Hines is really funny. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was fine. Cheryl Hines was definitely my favorite part of it. And I thought the casting on Dahlia was very good too. And where they took her character at the end, where she's going to be sort of like a a mentor slash mother type figure yes. to the girl. I was like, that's an interesting choice. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was fine. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I thought it had promise. I will, I'll keep watching. Yeah. It. I, it seemed to have good bones, you know? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think the pilot suffered from, you know, a, a pilotitis. Pilotitis. It was a bit, you know, here's all the pieces all in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is how it works. And these, how the yeah. people talk to each other. Yeah, da, yeah, da, yeah. Da, da, da. Yes. But if they can sort of, you know, get break out of that. And I think they can, obviously, yep. like yeah. we said, it has a good pedigree behind it. Yep. Um, it, it could be good. And Alan Tudyk killed on yeah. every line he had. Oh, right. Alan He's Tudyk. hilarious. He's yeah. great. Parks and Rec back. Back. Yay. Super strong. First couple episodes. Cried at the end of the season premiere. Did you? When, uh, yeah, when Ben gives Leslie the, the Nope 2012 button. Oh, yeah. <sighs> totally cried. And for a moment that was so hyped as Tammy 1 and then Tammy 0. Yes. The uh, old-fashioned prairie drink-off <laughs> was, it paid off paid on off every so level well. at like three different times. When when April steps in and takes the <laughs> yeah. drink of it and then has to spit it right out. I can handle it. I'm Puerto Rican. <laughs> <laughs> Poison! <laughs> It was so great. And Leslie, Paula for Powell, some reason, oh thinking that she can keep up. Okay, some of our yeah. friends will remember New Year's Eve 20, 2008. Do we ever. Getting drunk dials <laughs> from a drunk for the first time in his life, David T. Cole. Uh-huh. That's Leslie. Leslie yeah. drunk is yeah. Dave drunk. And That's she did what a great like. job of like next level drunk where it was just... Oh my god, so amazing. <laughs> and every time Ron had a new thing for like what they use that... 
uh, that mash for where it yes. was like they use it yes. to strip the chrome off of yes. speedboats. It seemed like there might have been writers just off stage like yelling yes. things at them, which yeah, I yeah, love. Yeah. I love that. And him, him as the like cheery suburb guy was hilarious. Know, Ron yeah. Swanson saying cool beans, nothing better. <laughs> I say cool beans all the time. Um, okay, so I have two questions for you guys on this. Yeah. One, are you looking forward to like the dynamics and opportunities of the election? Yeah, that's yes. something like a new thing. That yeah, I think who's going to be running against Leslie? Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Purd Happily. Do it, Purd. <laughs> Draft Purd. <laughs> um, the other thing I'm interested in is if they can avoid the will they, won't they? They're together. They're not together. Uh-huh. Um, Ross and Rachel terribleness. It's a fair concern. Can they avoid it in Parks and Recreation? How are they going to do it? Well, I mean, it's got to be on their mind, right? I mean, they're smart. Sure, so. but the whole thing is, if she wins, she they won't be. They won't be colleagues anymore, right? Yeah, right. It'll be okay for right. them to get together. Do so you think I guess. that's how they'll solve it? Probably. Probably. Yeah. I mean, they'll still work. That will still give her an excuse to be in the building, but yeah. they, they won't be. He, Chris won't be her boss anymore. That yeah, that's the. I think they, the the writer room has like an annex where they just figure out how everybody in the cast <laughs> is going to remain in the building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Do we need to talk about um, Rob Lowe's hair? Yes, we do. So this we came up a lot on. Do. I got we tweeted a lot of tweets asking Wig Cop what was Tara, going on with Rob Lowe's exactly. hair this season. Tara Wig Cop in the uh, room and please lay some knowledge <laughs> on us. Why does Rob Lowe's hair look so weird and terrible in Parks and Recreation right okay, now? Okay, the reason, then this is a theory, but I feel like it's a sound one. Um, Rob Lowe spent the summer uh, playing Drew Peterson in a Lifetime TV movie. Mm-hmm. Drew Peterson is the second person named Peterson to murder his wife, probably. Which one was this, the Craigslist killer? No, he's a, he was the Chicago cop oh, that killed okay. his wife. Not not Lacey Peterson's husband. Right. The other Peterson. The other Peterson killer? Anyway, he... Uh, the so, other Boleyn girl? Of the Chicago Petersons. I, t- I tweeted a, a link to a photo of him in character, but I think he grew his hair for that part. Yeah. And so why it's styled so badly... Yeah. I was going to say, like... Make, I don't know why it's, it looks ways. like there's a humid front inside City Hall for some reason, but, you know... <laughs> Localized get, get him Get him some serum from, uh, from, from Kiehl's. That's what I use. Yeah. I, I get the frizzes, too. <laughs> But uh, that's my theory. I don't think it's a wig. It's just a bad haircut. That yeah. probably wee, wee, wee. this has been Tariana. We got. I'll let you off with a warning. <laughs> All right, The Office. Um, so here we are. We're starting to see The Office form up without Michael Scott yeah, and right. how the dynamics play out. Does it work? It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. But I've been, fe- I, that's how I felt about the last the three seasons of The Office. I had, and I, I had given it up last season, and I ducked in for the season premiere. I liked it. I'm yeah. glad that Ed Helm seems to be doing well with it. There's really no reason for me to keep watching. Yeah, yeah it's fine. Yeah. yeah. And I hate James Spader is the other thing. I thought he was fine, but in general, I hate James Spader, and I'm not going to stick around to see if yeah. he reverts. James to Spader doesn't do it for me either. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. All right. Quickly, last three. A Gifted Man. We started to watch this last night. Because for the purposes of this podcast, we would have something to talk about. And then about 10 minutes in, Dave left the room. <laughs> and I was still watching. And I was like, do you want me to pause this? Ha, ha, ha. I think yeah. he was just going to get a drink. And then like 25 minutes passed. So I had to yell, look, if you're not going to watch this, I'm not watching it either. <laughs> like, why am I still sitting here like a chump? <laughs> but probably the gifted man, other than that it's a CBS drama. And yeah. so CBS drama. Uh-huh. E is, and this is going to make me sound like a pinko Canadian, but I'm going to say it anyway, Uh-oh. shows that deal with um, the real life issues and challenges of delivering healthcare in this country 
uh, are really fucking depressing. <laughs> and having a TV drama like take a shallow uh, yeah. attempt to uh, actually address like what goes on in running like you know a, a free clinic in the Bronx uh-huh. is like kind of offensive. It's a it's a really offensive place to draw yeah. drama from. Yeah, especially when you feel like it boils down to oh well, people just aren't getting the labs they're supposed to. Yeah, and well, drama probably of this dying. Cali- it's offensive when it's drama of this caliber with yeah. lowercase c. My right? whole thing with that show is I really like Patrick Wilson and now I know who Jennifer Ely is on the site. <laughs> yes. Um I don't do CBS Friday night dramas. Yeah. I don't do that whole genre of thing. Yeah. And I want Patrick Wilson to be in movies, so I would like that show to not do Yeah, that. sorry Margot Martindale. You deserve better. She does deserve better. Lots you are better. you are wasting this role, but I hope they're paying you well. Yeah. Person of interest. This is the J.J. Abrams attached right. production of some sort. Uh, yeah, which, putting, putting red light right there. Red flag. J.J. <laughs> Abrams long form mysterious TV show. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Again, CBS problems. Yeah, like it just yeah. it, it, this could be a Criminal Minds for all I know. They're all the yeah. same show. Absolutely, all the stuff we've said about you know CBS stuff just being that yeah. type of show. I know there's sort of like there it's there's a mystery weaving its way through. But here's the thing, Jim. What's his last name? Caviezel. Has so much ill will with me from the <laughs> oh, remake of The Prisoner. Yeah. Oh, God. If, Forget for all it. the reasons to not like Tim Caviezel, I like that one. <laughs> he lost me at uh, The Thin Red Line, so that's good that uh, took you that long. They and shouldn't have interest anywhere anywhere near the title of that show. <laughs> it's one of those shows that if I find out that it's really great half of the season, I'm still not going to watch it because it seems like one of those shows that's going to end up like The X-Files and Lost, which is yeah. mystery upon mystery added up. Uh, the writers and creators feel free to ignore a lot of the stuff and yeah. never really. Yeah. Perfect. I know some people. We've had a show about this already, but yeah. that's why I, I'm probably just not going to get into the show because it's like you know. Well, yeah, it seems like they picked up the thread of like you know uh, what what ran through you know two or three episodes of Alias, and mm-hmm. they were like, let's just make that a show. <laughs> like, yeah. all right. Uh, and lastly, Terra Nova. Mm-hmm. Nope. Uh, uh, didn't see one good thing about this show on Twitter or anything like that. We were watching the beginning of it. And really, Tara, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said... If you have a show with dinosaurs, I want to fucking see dinosaurs in the first minute of the show. Yeah, that's how you got. You got to get those asses in the seats and keep them there. I don't don't care to see the prequel of how they got there. You You show me some dinosaurs and then be like three months slash... 80 billion years right. earlier. Pulling, you know, you're like, pulling in alias. Yeah. yeah. Loop back around. Show me how they got there. Once I've already seen some goddamn Scene dinosaurs. Scene one. T-Rex. Jaws. Head. Off. Blood splurting. Yes. Bam. Yes. I'm in. At least right. for the next little while. Yes. But then apparently the rest of the show is kind of crap. Even though they delayed it and tuned it and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Word on the street is it's not dynamite. P-A-S-S. Here's what I'll say. Terra Nopa. <laughs> Noise. <laughs> He doesn't like you, he's grumpy as can be. He doesn't like fun, that's plain to see. Time to ask, will Dave hate this? Probably. We are revisiting a past Will Dave Here hate we go. this we topic. Are. The court is back in session. Because. So in the episode that Mark Graham was on, the episode where we talked about um, Super 8, mm-hmm. yeah. we had a segment on Will Dave hate this on Real Steel. And I took the position that Dave would would not hate it. Right. Because it was Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Right dumb violence mm-hmm. what's wrong with that and i said he would hate this because there's an annoying ingratiating kid in the throughout the trailer which i didn't realize because i only saw the cool trailer and right. then when we went to see super eight we saw the shitty trailer yeah. with the kid and i was like oh fuck i'm gonna lose tomorrow and i yeah, did and you did and i did however here's what's happened in the interim 
Now Dave is all over Twitter being all real steel. Everybody, come on. Don't die before real steel you comes out. It's almost time for real steel. You <laughs> did say that in yeah. those words. And, and, and you know how Tara feels about losing. And yeah. you knew that if you came out talking about real steel that way, that this issue would be revisited. And now my win-loss record is in uh-huh. jeopardy. But Joe, come on. No, I agree. Do you, you have, not agree that it seems like Dave does not hate this? I feel like this at least needs to be revisited because Dave, you do seem like you're backsliding. Okay, here is the, the, the argument in a nutshell. <laughs> will Dave hate this? Is it, does Dave think he will hate this? Or in the end, Dave will hate this? Because here's what I'm thinking. It's going to be a stupid movie. And it's right. going to have elements that I really will enjoy. Robots, kind of cheesy effects. Right. You know, the underdog story set in robot boxing. What? But then there's going to be this kid. And, you know, kids from Jurassic Park, RoboCop 2, a long and storied history of making great premises super sucky. Yes. Not just movies, in life also. That's true. <laughs> uh, angry emails to Tara. <laughs> so, um, I'm just joking. I love kids. Yeah, she loves them. Yep. Yeah. Um, Our kids are locked in the bathroom right now. <laughs> so when I made that judgment, it's, yeah, I would be into it except for this kid. You know, the kid is going to ruin this movie. It's not going to be a great, stupid, dumb movie because this kid is going to interrupt his awesomeness. It's not... Is Dave going to not see this? <laughs> okay, well then we need to we need to revisit what well, the segment is really about. Because it's will Dave hate to this? To me, if you're even interested, I can see something and you, hate it. I don't yeah. think you, I don't think you're gonna I don't think you're gonna see something that you know you're no, gonna. No, it's not like we did a segment on Bucky Larson, Born to Be a Star. Will <laughs> Dave right. hate this? And All then right. he's like, I probably will hate this, but I guess I'll go see and find out. If you're even on board enough to like, but what I said in the segment was it yes. all depends on the level of. Uh, the kid in this movie. Yes. You know, if he's just this thing, he's in a couple scenes, and he's just, there's window dressing. Right. And really, the main event is Hugh Jackman being the retired boxer <laughs> that trains a scrappy junkyard robot all the way to the top of the world. Yeah! Then, awesome. But if the kid is like, if if this is shoehorned into this movie, the way the daughter thing was shoehorned into Moneyball, where it's really bad and it kind of brings the whole thing down, and I'm going to guess the kid is in this movie a lot more than that kid was in Moneyball, then I'm not going to like it. So I stand by my original uh, judgment, which is the proof is going to be in the pudding. Beforehand, I'm going to say, Out- Outlook looks doubtful. But... I can't know how much the kid is in this movie. <coughs> Your reaction, Tar? I'm, uh, I'm disgusted. <laughs> then I, I feel like if that's the outlook case... Outlook is in doubt isn't an answer to will Dave hate this. It's a yes or no question. I also feel like if you feel that way, then you are fal- okay, false, let me ask falsely you. enthusing people who follow you on Twitter. <laughs> because you're that's like, true. hey guys, real steal in one week. That's well, true. Okay. This is like insider trading. So what you're saying is... <laughs> My excitement is, and celebration of what could be a terrible, right. a good, terrible movie yeah. negates the notion that I will hate it. Is that what, that's, that's yes. what you're saying? I'm saying yeah. if you were even embracing it on, on that much of a yeah. level, then already you don't hate it. Okay. Right. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Here's what we'll do from <laughs> now on. This will be a preemptive decision of, okay, we're going to be talking about things and I'm going to base my decision solely on the materials provided to date. Yes. And I will not 
assume anything about my feelings. Yes. Okay. So maybe we should change that- to does Dave hate this? Yes. Right. I feel like the question, will Dave hate this, is us asking us when we present this to Dave. Yes. Will he be like, Ugh. okay. Yeah. yeah I'm yeah. on board. I agree. I see where you're coming from okay. now. Okay. Based on that, here's my take on Real Steel for the moment. And let's revisit this after it comes out and we can <laughs> ne- talk about next it. Next week. Yes. God, we got to see. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot, Dave. <laughs> Real Steel looks like it has the potential of being a really stupid yet enjoyable dumb movie which is not going to reach the peaks of dumbness because they made the mistake of adding a father-son storyline to the movie. Nevertheless, (laughs) it seems to have a lot of robot boxing in it. It Therefore, I will say at this moment in time, the scales balance towards Dave will not hate real steel. Well, damn it, Tara. But Joe, don't take this as a defeat. Take oh, no. this as a redrawing of the rules and a clarification of the boundaries of our discussion. I'll, I'll re-record that jingle. I'm fine with that. So you're saying you declare a mistrial. <laughs> you know what? Let's do that. Okay. Let's do a do-over. <laughs> this was a trial trial. We'll have a little fun next week with the but end of Real Steel. Did Dave hate yes. this? And let's really, really think about the next Will Dave hate this. Okay. And now that we all agree on the ground rules, okay. thank God, we can all start talking to each other again. And once again, be the good friends that we once were. <laughs> Last night, I tweeted the following. The Black Eyed Peas just got rained out of Central Park for a second time. Take a hint, dicks. And uh, that tweet got retweeted 83 times. Well done. It's time for the canon. Here we go. User submission. Hey, Extra Hot Great Crew. My name is Peter Glaram, and I have a new submission for the canon. Now I'd like to submit episode 11 of the third season of Parks and Recreation, called Jerry's Painting, to the canon. This episode's A-plot revolves around the controversy regarding a painting that Jerry has painted for a government-funded art show. Embarrassingly for Jerry, his painting depicts a topless centaur that bears an uncanny resemblance to Leslie, a fact that has to be pointed out for him to realize it, having subconsciously painted Leslie, because he mentally associates her with all powerful women. Eventually, a moral panic breaks out. Why am I upset? Uh, let's start with government-funded animal porn. Oh, I, I'm not sure that's fair. I want it destroyed, and I want a statement from this office apologizing for an obscene depiction of bestiality. Be- Bestiality, it is a picture of a centaur. A beautiful half-person, half-horse. And how did it get like that? Who had sex with what and gave birth to which? And Leslie is forced to steal the painting away from those who would have ill intentions towards it. In the B story, Ben needs to find a way to move out of the crummy hotel he's been staying in and decides to move in with April and Andy, in part because they need help with the rent. Ben is disgusted to find that April and Andy don't seem to own any dishes, beds, or more than one fork, so he takes it upon himself to help them clean up their lives. All right, we need to do some basic organization. Where do you put your bills when they come? I read the magazines and give the rest to Andy. Which I organize into a pile or stack (laughs) that I put into the freezer. (laughs) Why? So they won't get lost. Open the freezer, this huge stack of frozen mail. Okay, you have to pay these. 
Good thing I didn't lose them. Okay. New lesson. Basic finance. I'm going to teach you how to balance a checkbook. Blank stairs. Okay. Cut to I'm a bank. I'm going to teach you how to open a bank account. This episode, of course, is a terrifically funny one, much like all episodes of the terrific first season. My favorite moments include Ben's description of the Pawnee Super Suites Hotel. I've been staying at the Pawnee Super Suites Motel for seven months. It's a charming little inn with wonderfully random wake-up calls, delightfully unstable temperatures, and, as of yesterday, bedbugs. Four stars, says nobody. <laughs> and the several jazz made at Tom's expense when people begin to refer to his depiction as a cherub in the painting. Oh my god, the baby is Tom! <gasps> what? <laughs> this is easily my favorite painting ever. What the hell, Jerry? Look at my pot belly, I look like a pregnant baby! <laughs> and why am I so scared? But what makes this one of my favorite episodes is how it develops the relationships. Up until this point, we really didn't know exactly what Jerry thought of Leslie as a person. And as a colleague. But we find in this episode that he has a deep respect for her. Andy and April's conversation in Bed Bath & Beyond, on the other hand, assures us, once and for all, that their wedding, two episodes before, allows them to mature, but does not hobble their comedic chemistry as it probably would have in a less excellent sitcom. What are we doing? We didn't get a single thing that Ben told us to. Sure we did. We got the marshmallow shooter. That's... I don't think that's on the list. But I want it. I want it too. But I also kind of want my own fork. Just because you eat really slow, which is cute, but also super annoying. Fine. What? What's wrong? Nothing. It's just adults are boring. And I hate them. And I don't want to buy all this stupid, boring adult stuff and become boring adults. Hey, listen to me. Yes, we're going to get a dish rack and shower curtains and a cutting board. But if you think for one second I'm not also going to get that marshmallow shooter so that I can shoot you in the face with marshmallows when you're asleep, then you're the dumbest woman I know. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> in closing, I'd like to say that you guys do great work on the podcast, and I hope that you will enter this episode into your extra hot, great canon. Um, that Thank was a great Peter. submission. Thank you, Peter. Uh, there's a couple of things I want to talk about. Uh, in addition to the, that excellent case, I love how this episode gives Leslie another uh, opportunity to show off her tendency toward what I'll call chaotic good. Yeah. When she takes off with the with the painting, just runs away yelling. Um, that's that's vintage Leslie. And yep. I, I love when she uh, just goes crazy uh, for always for not a, unlike for, when, for good reason. Back in the day when The Simpsons used to be good, I used to love the Marge going yes. a little bit bonkers. Going oh, off the yeah, reservation. Yeah. Same sort of reasons. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, the uh, the other thing that we we all sort of got to rewatching this episode, I think, was that uh, we have an addition to the unhateables, and that is Mr. Chris Pratt. Yes, we didn't really talk about him enough last week when we were discussing Moneyball because he was great in that too. Yeah, but he, as Andy, he kills on every line. Yeah, he, and he has he, an infectious smile. Like you're yes. watching him, you just like your mouth just curls up. All his like, expressions when he does the. Oh, when yeah, he yeah. sees the the photo of Leslie and does the big, you know, gasp, <laughs> like he's so he's so he's so funny, yeah, so good. And and uh, before the they finally come to their senses, his bed, bath, and beyond, he he and April have an awesome scene when they first enter the store. This place is amazing. Oh my god, they have a thing that makes sherbet. We need five of those. No, we need to stick what's on the list. First things first, oven mitts. Where are the oven mitts? Oh my god, they have all the as seen on TV stuff. Uh-huh. Shake weight, Iron Gym, Miracle Hand Repair, Big Top Cookie, Pillow Pets, Slap Chop. Honey, oh my God, go for it, honey, listen to me. 
Get it off. Grab <laughs> everything that we've seen it on TV, put it in this cart right now. Iron Jim? I'm gonna get so buff. We got a marshmallow shooter. Marshmallow shooter? Magic get to Wait, what about the magic bullet? Yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen that. Great it's delivery. great. Like, oh. it's such a... And then that's what they cut the scene on it because it's perfect. He's perfect. Um, and the only thing that I, that I will say as a possible demerit to this episode that I didn't think of yesterday uh, until just now was that they haven't really done enough in the show to exploit the comedic possibilities after this episode of Ben living with Andy and April mm-hmm. because um, the three of them are hilarious, yeah. especially getting their remedial adult lessons. And um, and when they have this moment, it particularly rang true for uh, <laughs> one, one boy in the studio right now. <laughs> I'm sorry, are you eating turkey chili off of a Frisbee? <laughs> <laughs> it's very cute, right? No. Do you know what cute means? All right, so <laughs> do we? Is this story been told on? We this, probably this talked po- about it on our old podcast on, on overwhelming positivity. Okay, so oh, by the way, if you want to hear me being drunk, yeah, we're talking you do. About early that is on overwhelming positivity. Maybe I'll link that in the show notes sure. too. Okay, yeah. it's embarrassing, but it's kind of harmful. Oh, so good, uh, harmless, <laughs> only harmful <laughs> to my employability. Um, okay, so. Back in the day when I lived in my bachelor pad, and I will say my bachelor pad was actually on top of a garage. Wow. Classic style. Classic. It was pretty big. That was a nice remember. apartment. It was okay. Um, Mike Seaver style. No dishwasher. So, you know, it was one of those deals where, you know, the early 20s-ish bachelor guy had mm-hmm. to do his own dishes. And let's face it, nobody likes doing dishes. <laughs> I barely like taking things in and out of the dishwasher we have now. <laughs> And I had a set of plates, you know, I had four bowls and four, you know, dishes, and I would use those and I would start using like, you know, mixing bowls that I had and, and uh, eventually I'd graduate to using pot lids as plates because I didn't want to do the dishes. Yeah. And once in a while I would look at the kitchen and go, oh, come on. I would take everything that was in the kitchen and then do the dishes in the tub. Classic bachelor style, right? <laughs> One time I couldn't even get myself to do them in the tub, so I graduated and I think they're ripping off my life <laughs> to eating off my yellow. It was the same yellow as uh, in this. See, wow. I, I ate off of Frisbee. And I even remember <laughs> what I ate off of it the first time. It was uh, a whole box of mini samosa ap- appetizers wow. with plum sauce uh, that I bought at the store. It was the saddest meal ever. And uh, it was very natural to me. Uh, you know, you got no dishes, you got no pots to eat out of, no bowls, no lids. Yeah. Frisbees. There, it's good. There was a time when, after we were married, that you also ate popcorn out of a wok lid. Yeah. Wow. Sure. Well, it's so, bullish. Hey. It's it, got that little... It contained the popcorn, And right? it's got the handle <laughs> that you can kind of stick in your crotch and sort of anchor it that way with pressure. Mm-hmm. Feels good. Okay. Back to uh, Parks and Recreation. Back to Parks and Rec. That's all I had to say about that episode. It's great. It is. It's great. Yeah, I just had two uh, little additions, little moments that really killed for me. Uh, April's rules for when Ben <laughs> went to live with them. Yeah. Which Use included, the formal usted. Yeah, when you talk to me in Spanish, please address me in the formal usted. And uh, When you watch a sad movie. Yeah, when you watch a sad <laughs> movie, please wear mascara so we can tell if you've been crying. And also, just... Leslie's braid after she saw yes, the painting, yes. she loved it so much, and she comes into she work copied the next day. With this, hair yeah, style. with this Greek braid across her head. I just thought that was so funny and so Leslie in that really little way. Um, it's a great episode. I always think the mark of a great episode is that the A plot is the one you can just say, Jerry's painting, and everybody goes like, oh, yeah. And then you watch the episode, and it's like, oh, it's also got Ben moving in with April and Andy. Perfect. Like, yes. It's such a strong subplot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, again, it's really strong contender. Um, it's really funny. 
And um, I think Peter was right. You know, we're seeing some relationships and some characters kind of bubble up that we haven't seen before, like, you know, Jerry and sort of like, you know, over the seasons, they kind of turned him into the, you know, the whipping boy of the office. But, oh, yeah. But uh, now we're getting to see sort of, you know, his feelings and his relationship to, yeah. to his bosses, which is really great. Uh, the one moment, it's not really even an audio moment that I really enjoyed, was uh, just the looks Leslie was giving the art patrons once she was like, sort of like <laughs> yes. holding court over yes. her painting welcome after she to, figured out welcome was, to the painting yeah <laughs> um, the other part I really enjoyed this episode a little throwaway moment was uh, and good art to you yes. at the uh, <laughs> at the committee hearing yeah uh, it was great my but, the, my other small moment and we couldn't obviously clip it was after Leslie flees to Andy in April's house not knowing that Ben is living there now with the with the painting yeah and then tells him that the reason that she's fled is that she's naked on it and then leans it up against the wall to take a phone call and this all the physical stuff that uh, Adam Scott does trying to be casual <laughs> sneaking a peek at her boobs in the painting yeah is so great yeah genius halfway through the third season. Yes. It's a show that is comfortable with his characters, yep. but still developing them in interesting new ways. Yes. Yep. So, you know, not yeah. a lot of shows can keep up that yeah. for very long. Very so, true. Tara, vote. Oh, yes. Yes, Joe, yes. Big, big yes. Three for three. Shh. All right. Parks and Recreation Season 3, Episode 11, Jerry's Painting. You are hereby inducted into the Extra Hot Great Canon. Americans love a winner and will not tolerate a loser. It's time for winner and loser of the week. And Tara, I believe you have for us a winner. Yeah, Forbes magazine released its list of the top 10 highest paid female uh, performers on television, actresses. And tied for first place are Tina Fey, fine, and Eva Longoria? (laughs) Eva Longoria is the winner of the week because what? (laughs) Um, I guess the methodology that they used was it took into account all of their TV income. So in her case, that also includes like L'Oreal contracts and whatnot. And in Tina Fey's case, I assume it it, it encompasses both her acting salary on 30 Rock as well as producing. But seriously, Eva Longoria. I have to say, uh, looking into the document that we keep, uh, show notes before uh, we record the episodes, (laughs) all I saw was winner of the week, parentheses, Longoria. You thought sports? Evan Longoria did hit that home run (laughs) that won the series for the Rays, but why would Tara be talking about that? Good for him. Good for him. He's more of a winner of the week than she is. (laughs) Seriously, though, Eva Longoria. Even of all the desperate housewives. I know. Her? Her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Joe, loser? Loser of the week is uh, Anna Ferris, who I, I still very much like, but uh, her sort of status as sweetheart comedy lady for everybody has really gone downhill This uh, with this movie, uh, What's Your Number?, which will happen when you've made like six terrible movies in a row. Um this is the backlash period for her 21% on Rotten Tomatoes. And there's a lot more of like... Oh, that's down from yesterday. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then there's a lot more of like, Shh, maybe Anna Ferris isn't as funny as we all thought articles coming out. So this she is She still the... gets to host SNL this year. That is true. And she still gets to be married to Chris Pratt. She does. Although he she lowers his worth. <laughs> it's time for the rest of the week. Dancing with the Stars' first nip slip of the season happens to Nancy Grace, though she unconvincingly denies it. There's a top mom joke to be made here, but I just can't think how to get to it. No! Wait, tit mom! <laughs> 
America's uncle you try to avoid talking to, Stephen King, is planning on writing a sequel to The Shining. It will supposedly introduce ultra-trendy vampires into its story, which has people worried Uncle Steve has gone all Twilight. So you guys, who do you, th- you think he'll be team creepy bartender ghost or team wolf mask <laughs> sex party guy? Nope. Sex party guy. <laughs> Zoe Deschanel's winning streak continues as New Girl gets the first full season pickup of the TV season. Cupcakes for everybody. Yep. Broadway's Sutton Foster is set to star in the new pilot for Gilmore Girls creator Amy Sherman Palladino. An actress I love paired with a showrunner I trust. This sounds so exciting and the first person to mention the return of Jezebel James gets it in the face. Yep. Rumor has it that Ashton Kutcher and Demi Moore are on the verge of divorce, and I would just like to say I could tell she stopped loving him when she let him go around in public looking like hippie Jesus. Nope. Courtney Love is planning to write a tell-all memoir, finally unlocking her famously tight-lipped persona, and... (laughs) Oh, who am I kidding? I will read that thing three times. Yeah. 60 Minutes Mainstay, Andy Rooney is retiring, which brings up a good question. Why is it called retiring? I don't remember Abby having tires in the first place, and I can't imagine the need to get retired even if I did. The problem is people are too quick to throw away things they don't have before they're worn out. If you ask me, we shouldn't be retiring. We should be flying cars that don't need tires. Maybe we have flying cars by now. I'm not sure. I don't get out much anymore because I'm 92 and there's nothing playing at the Nickelodeon worth two hours of my time. Movies today are all whiz-bang and 3D hoopla. You know where I can get 3D? In the real world. I just wake up in the morning and it's all 3D. And it's free! I don't have to go to Fundingo on the internet to purchase ticket for it. And frankly, I make better popcorn because I'm not afraid to use real butter. Why don't they use real butter? I understand that methane gas from cows is warming up the earth, so there has to be enough cows around to make butter for the movies. Maybe they can just use some of that methane to warm up the popcorn. I hate cold popcorn. Yup. All right, guys. <laughs> Do you know what? <laughs> Do you know what time it is? Dave. What time is it, Tim? It's time for new season of game time. All right, welcome to an all new game time season. (laughs) Tara, you took the first two game time seasons. Joe, you have taken the last two game time seasons. The stakes have never been higher. For the first week of the season, we are doing something special. Shit. Now that enough time has passed and your tiny little brains have forgotten, we're bringing back our infamous lost game time from a few months ago. Oh, oh no. wow. <laughs> Which came from David in Canada. Shit. However, as fate would have it, we have received a similar concept from listener Slick Puppy, a.k.a. Mr. Puppy, perhaps. <laughs> With mostly different questions. So what I have done is I've added a few of my own to create a double-sized game we're calling Double Up. In Double (laughs) Up, I'm going to give you the name of a fake movie or TV show that existed only inside of a real movie or TV show. No hints, because we have a lot of questions. How many questions you're asking yourself? I'm going to tell you. 60. Wow. No number picking. We tossed a coin before the show, and Tara's going to go first, and we're just going to run down the list, and we're going to go quick. If you don't know the answer, tough beans. You didn't slip a coin. You flipped your green card. That's true. I didn't have a coin (laughs) handy. So, do we understand? Yes. you Canadians had nothing but coins. Here we go. Are we ready to play? Run in Canada, Joe. (laughs) Yes, Yes, we're ready. Double up. All right, Tara. Yep. Here we go. Yep. 
Please identify for me the TV show featuring the TV show Black Frasier. 30 Rock. Joe, please uh, identify for me the TV show featuring the TV show Pigs in Space. The Muppet Show. Tara, the TV show featuring the TV show Tool Time. Home Improvement. Joe, the TV show featuring the TV show Invitation to Love. Parks and Recreation. Incorrect. Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks Twin was Peaks. correct. There is no point stealing. I know. The movie featuring the movie Angels with Filthy Souls. Uh, I don't know. Home Alone is yeah. correct. The TV show featuring the TV show Who Poop Last? I don't know. Take a guess, though. Family Guy? Take the other guess. American Dad. <laughs> Close. Robot Chicken. Oh. <laughs> Tar. Yes. The TV show featuring the TV show Grab That Dough. I don't know. Golden Girls. Oh. Joe. Uh, yes. The TV show featuring the TV show Scandal Makers. Uh, Arrested Development. Correct. Tara. The TV show featuring the TV show Million Dollar Head or Tails. How I Met Your Mother. Joe, the movie featuring the movie Stab. Scream. Tara. Yep. The TV show featuring the TV show The Happy Homemaker. The Happy Homemaker. Mary Tyler Moore. Mary Tyler Moore show is correct. Joe. Yes. The TV show featuring the TV show When the Whistle Blows. When the Whistle Blows. I don't know. Extras. That was extras. Uh, Correct. Tara. Three. Joe. Three. All right. Tara. (laughs) The TV show featuring the TV show Single Female Lawyer. Futurama. Joe. The TV show featuring the TV show Deep Powder. Deep Powder. Powder. Like like, like P-O-W-D-E-R. Sure. Um, I have no idea. Tara. Joey. Oh, right. Remember that show? Yep. The TV show featuring the TV show Vida Del Fuego. I do not know. Surprised you didn't take a guess at that. Ugly Betty. Oh. Uh, Joe. I thought we were supposed to get through this as fast as we possibly could. (laughs) The movie featuring the movie Stolz der Nation or Nation's Pride. The movie featuring the movie Nation's Pride. Um, I don't know. Inglorious Bastards. Inglorious Bastards is correct. Ah, Tara, yep. the TV show featuring the TV show Mock Trial with Jay Reinhold. Arrested Development. Joe, the TV show featuring the TV show Estrada or Nada. <laughs> um, oh, oh. Some tip of his tongue. He's looking at the ceiling for divine intervention. Estrada, <laughs> Estrada, popular? I don't know. My name is Earl. Oh, my, my name, name is Earl. Earl. Okay. Oh, that's a double one. We'll skip that one. Tara. Yes. Movie featuring the movie Home for Purim. Oh, um, oh, uh, for your consideration. Nice. Well done. Joe. Yes. TV show featuring the movie Bear Ambition 2, Street Dome 97. (laughs) (laughs) That's a TV show featuring the movie movie Bear Ambition. Tara. No. Talking streaker talk with his streaker friends. Oh, Mr. Show. Yeah, Mr. Uh, Show. 
I think that's what that was about. I forgot. All right. Uh, Tara. Yes. The TV show featuring the TV show Terrence and Phillips show. South Park. Wow. Joe, don't complain. The TV show <laughs> featuring the TV show The Little Happy Elves. The little happy, the happy elves. little elves. The happy little elves. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I did I spoonerism that? Yes, you did. Okay. It's the happy little oh, elves. I know this. This is on the tip of my tongue. The happy little elves is. Oh God, damn it! What? The Simpsons. The Simpsons. Yes. Yeah. It's their Smurfs. Yeah. Tara. Yes. The TV show featuring the TV show Expose. Alias. Lost. Lost. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I had the wrong Fuck. button there. I can see why Fuck. you said. <laughs> I fucking knew that too. Tara? Seven. Joe? Still three. Oh, okay. That was a bad stretch. Okay, Joe? Yes. The movie featuring the movie The Mutants of 2051 AD. God, Ed Wood? Good guess. Strange Brew. Uh, Strange Brew. Tara? Yes. The TV show featuring the TV show Ghost Facers. 30 Rock. No. Oh. I don't know. Supernatural. Oh. The TV show featuring the TV show. This one's going to you, Joe. Jerry. Jerry? Oh, Seinfeld. Tara. Yes. The TV show featuring the TV show Queen of Jordan. 30 Rock. There you go. The movie featuring the movie The Fatties Part 2. <laughs> <laughs> it's a movie featuring the movie Tropic the... Thunder. Yeah. Well Hold done. on. The TV show, Tara, featuring yep. the TV show Pucks. Episodes. Joe, TV show featuring... That was halfway. Mm-hmm. TV show featuring the movie Attack of the Alien Robots. A TV show that features the movie Attack of the Alien Robots. Friends. Transformers. Really? Yep. Okay. TV show featuring the TV show FYI. Murphy Brown. Yeah. Nice. Joe, TV show featuring the TV show Viking Quest. Entourage. Oh, nice. Tara. I would have got that. Yeah. Movie featuring the movie Habeas Corpus. Movie featuring the movie Habeas Corpus? Correct. Tropic Thunder. Nope. Mm-hmm. Incorrect anyways. That was The Player with Tim Roth. Oh, fuck. Joe. Yes. TV show featuring the movie Punch Kicker. (laughs) TV show featuring the movie Punch Kicker. Kicker. And I will give you a little extra something. Punch Kicker 2. Thanks. Punch Kicker. That sounds scrubsy, but I I don't know scrubs. Community. Oh, yeah. There's Punch Kicker and Kick Puncher. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, Okay. TV show featuring the TV show Androids. Droids? Good guess. Red Dwarf mm. from the UK. Time for a score break. Tara? Ten. Joe? Seven. All right. Close six, the game. Six. Sorry. Six, okay. Six. Ten to six. Still a game. Uh, you Joe. could have totally gotten away with that. <laughs> Joe. I would have just assumed I did it wrong. Honesty is the best policy, Joe. <clears throat> TV show featuring the TV show The Scary Door. The Scary Door. TV show. Gilmore Girls? Futurama. Correct. TV show featuring the TV show It Never Ends. The Simpsons. Correct. Joe, the movie with the TV show Crime Scene, Scene of the Crime. <laughs> um, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yep. 
Tara, TV show featuring the TV show Psycho Dad. Uh, Daria? That was Married with Children. Oh, Married with Children. And uh, I thought you might get sucked into Angry Dad from The Simpsons. That's what I was thinking, yeah. yeah. I think that's what I did when we did this the first time. (laughs) Maybe. I can't remember a thing from that first time, which is why this is working out. Yes. TV show featuring the movie Aquaman. Me. That's for Joe. That's for you, Joe. Uh, Also Entourage. TV show featuring the TV show The Valley. The OC. Yeah. Movie featuring the movie Gandhi 2. Movie (laughs) featuring the movie Gandhi 2. Um... Oh, one of those movies about how awful the movie industry is. Incorrect. I know where you're going, but it's not. That was from a while back with UHF, the Weird Al Yankovic movie. Oh, wow. Okay, movie. never saw that one. Tara. Yep. TV show featuring the movie Cleaver. Scream 3? No, TV show oh, featuring the movie I'm Cleaver. I'm sorry. Uh, Buffy? I don't know. No, that was Sopranos. No, right? it was the Sopranos. Right. That was, yeah. That was Spiders. Uh, no, it's not called Spider. No. Right. TV show featuring the TV show The Wonderful World of Pigeons. Ooh. Parks and Rec? Sesame Street. Sesame Street, correct. Uh, Tara. Yep. Movie featuring the movie Scorcher 6 Global Meltdown. Tropic Thunder? Correct. Also featuring <laughs> Scorcher good, 1, good 2, one 3, 4, 5. It is a good one to guess. <laughs> Joe. Yes. TV show featuring the TV show Hearts and Scalpels. Hearts and Scalpels. Hearts and Scalpels. Nip Tuck. Correct. Yeah. Tara. Yep. TV show featuring the TV show Mac and Cheese. Friends. Yeah. Joe. Yes. Movie featuring the movie Log Jammin. Oh, <laughs> uh, Big Lebowski. Yeah, yeah nice. Yeah, yeah. Very well. All right, here's an easy one for Tara. TV show featuring the TV show Ya Heard with her. <laughs> Parks and Recreation. Mentioned three times so far in the show. I <laughs> Correct. Okay, let's go into our last score break of this game. We are at 50 questions. Oh my God. Tara. 15. Joe. 10. All right, you've answered t- half of our questions correctly so far wow. as an aggregate. <laughs> well done, us. Yes. <laughs> okay. Joe. Yes. TV show featuring the TV show Chimpokomon. South Park. Tara. TV show featuring the TV show Room and Board, as in B-O-R-E-D. The comeback. Yep. Movie featuring the movie... Oh, that's a double. Sorry. TV show featuring the TV show Prescription Passion. Prescription Passion. TV show featuring the TV show. I'm going to say Scrubs again. House. House. Mm. Tara. Yep. TV show featuring the TV show Sick Sad World. That's Daria. That is Daria. That is Daria. Joe. Yes. Movie featuring the movie Blunt Man and Chronic. Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Correct. Tara. TV show featuring the TV show Cookie Party. The Sarah Silverman Program. Uh. Joe. TV show featuring the movie Abe Lincoln Pet Detective. TV show movie. TV show that features the movie Abe Lincoln Peck Detective. Is that community? (sighs) You're going to hit yourself in the head when you hear the answer. Movie uh, that's being reviewed on the show called Abe Lincoln Pet Detective. Oh, the critic! Critic. One of Joe's faves. All right, here we go. I believe this is the last question of the game, unless we have a tie. Tara. The movie featuring the movie Coming Home in a Body Bag. 
coming home in a body bag. Tropic Thunder? The, no, Tropic Thunder. <laughs> That's what I was going to guess. That was from True Romance. Oh, oh True, True Romance. Romance. Wow. Okay. Do you want to play the tiebreaker just for funsies? Yeah. All right. Just for funsies. Shout it out. First one to get it. The TV show featuring the movie, Rochelle Rochelle. Oh, Psycho. Tara got that in a heartbeat quicker yeah. than Joe. All right. Can I just get a final score break for the records? For the record book. Here we go, Tara. 18. And Joe? 12. 18 to 12, our first game time of the season, our doubly big double up game goes to one Tara Ariana. Well done. And Tara, I believe you had a little game time news for us. Oh, yeah. I'll link to it in the show notes, but I also wrote a game for our friend Stephen Falk's podcast, the Film Pigs podcast. Mm -hmm. Um... They did not enjoy playing it, <laughs> but you can listen to it. They did not enjoy playing it, but I enjoyed listening it's to them fun. play it. It is fun to listen to. There's some passive aggressive ribbing about my name. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was it was very enjoyable and it was fun to write. Yeah. So great uh, podcast from the great, film pigs, com to uh, follow them and you can get their podcast on iTunes. Yes. All right, guys. That's it for another episode of Extra Hot Great. We sifted through more of the new TV season's offerings like Boardwalk Empire, Homeland, Terra Nova, Suburgatory, Parks and Recreation. And speaking of Parks and Recreation, we inducted Jerry's painting into the canon. We crowned winners and losers of the week, wrapped up the rest of the week, and Tara was the winner of the Supersize Game Time, brought to you by David in Canada and Slick Puppy with our thanks. We will be using a lot of your canon submissions in the coming weeks, so keep those audio submissions coming. If that's not your bag, consider sending us audio for I Am Not a Crackbot, Is This Worse or ja- Is This Worse Than Jazz, or maybe you just want to sing us Happy Birthday for our first year anniversary show next week. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter at Extra Hot Podcast and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Extra Hot Great, where we announce guests, shoot the shit, and spill the beans on upcoming main topics. Remember, everybody. We're listening. I am David T. Cole on behalf of Tara Ariana. Now you're on the trolley. And Joe Reed. Damn it, Cherry. Thanks for listening. <laughs> we'll see you right here next week on Extra Hot Great. I have a ritual, and it starts on the couch. Ugh. We sit down. Okay. Clap my hands. Yep. Lights dim. I understand. Boys to men. Please stop. Fades nope. in. Nope. You don't need to explain the ritual. I'm okay. good.